Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this week's Middle East and Africa Forum for Sustainability Leaders podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this massive acceleration towards sustainability that's occurring across the region, trying to uncover insights and intelligence that will essentially help those who are tasked with driving that transition. Uh, the topic that we'll be tackling today, I think, is a, a very significant one, which is cultivating green talent, pathways to educate employees on sustainability practices. We're also happy to be here today with our two special guest speaker, Ezzedin Jaradi, who is the Chief Transformation and Business Excellence Officer at Enequal, as well as Nadia Boumezouet. <laughs> Sorry, apologies if I did not pronounce that correctly. Uh, Head of Sustainability and Information Governments at Zurich Insurance. Thank you both for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Um, Nadia, I just wanted to first kick off with you to get your overall opening comments on this topic. It's very significant. All organizations are in full sprint mode trying to tackle this challenge. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on the discussion? Yeah, I think education is a very important component to this sustainable transition that we all talk about um, because really it touches every area of the business and it's important that people across the organization have a base understanding of what it means um, and I think it's certainly a topic we need to address and also attracting the right talent and, and upskilling existing talent. Where it is because sustainability can mean so many things especially for companies and it's always evolving. Where do you start with trying to get that base definition that you can work off of and help upsell your employees? I think you have to make it relatable to the company itself. So meaning, depending on what industry you're in, what does it mean for you as an organization? Because it's such a vast topic and there's so many aspects to it. How do you make it relatable so that people say, okay, I work for such and such company and to us it means this, right? And, and I think then it makes it a bit easier for people to understand. Ezzedine, I just wanted to also get your thoughts, your opening comments on this massive topic. Also, why, uh, of course, educating employees on sustainability is important for the organization, the benefits of it as well. Thank you, Brian. Well, as Nadia was mentioning, uh, it's a new topic. And uh, similar to any new topic, uh, there are uh, certain aspects that need to be addressed. Uh, foremost, which is basically, what does this topic relate to me? Uh, me see, as Simon Singh said, there, there are three questions you ask in any organization, the what, how, and why. So sustainability came, and it is now redefining the why. The why of most organization has not been, has always been the financial benefit to the shareholders. It's no more the case. There, there are many new whys. It's uh, energy transition, it's circular economy, it's uh, protecting the climate, it's CO2 emission, it's engagement, it's inclusion and diversity. So all these new topics, uh, they're, they're unknown. And most important, they do have a relevance to the industry you're working for. So in order to bridge this gap, the talent existing in your, in your organization, they will be focused already on the business objective that is currently being set by the original why, which is basically the financial benefit of the shareholders. However, with the introduction of sustainability and the intricates that it, it, it entails, there should be an extension of knowledge to all those uh, employees addressing the gap in knowledge and addressing the relevance 
that they need to do in their day-to-day -day operation. So this is basically uh, a first step every organization needs to do in this journey towards sustainability. Do you think in most organizations, because you look at the sustainability journey, there's some who are farther along than others, right? Some are at point A and some are, are more advanced. Do you think most employees at organizations know what that why is for sustainability? Do you think that's being communicated clearly? Or do you think internally there needs to be, let's say, more done in order to establish that buy-in from employees to want to learn about sustainability? Well, to be honest, uh, it, it, since it is the first, first step to be done, uh, I do agree with you that not a lot of organizations uh, engage with their uh, internal stakeholders to discuss these issues. Moreover, with their external stakeholders, because at the end of the day, if you're a company, you're offering a product or a service. So you have internal stakeholders and external stakeholders. And as per the standards in, in sustainable development goals, goal number 17 is partnership. So what does this entail? The why has to be a, a form of a design thinking, collaboration, a brainstorming of understanding. And in, in, in technical terms, this is part of the materiality matrix that you need to uh, build for your organization. So I do agree with you that uh, not a lot of people understand the new why of the organization. However, it is very important to be a starting point of discussions with internal stakeholders as well as external stakeholders. And Nadia, from, from your perspective, how do you engage in that internal discussion? What's Where's your starting point? You know, what are the first steps you need to take in order to, to drive that dialogue, to define the why, to, to establish buy-in and incentive for uh, sustainability education and upskilling? I think for us as a multinational company, um, our sustainability strategy is set at a group level. It's then cascaded down. And I think by setting clear targets and goals, you can actually discuss the why and make it clear what are we trying to achieve? And for us, we have a framework that goes across three pillars, which is customer, planet, and people. And within those pillars, we make clear what are we trying to achieve within, and then make it relatable to every role. So for example, someone who sits in finance needs to understand that now they're not only looking at financial statements, but they're also looking at non-financial reporting and disclosure. In marketing and communications, for example, they need to be aware of how to communicate those, those new messages and ensure that we're not greenwashing, right? Um, and, and so you, you will tailor it to each function to make it relatable to them. And that tailoring is done as a collaborative exercise at the top. So you have top-down buy-in, which I imagine is key in order to driving sustainability education, and then communicating that and working with each function. How? What's the best way in terms of setting up that sustainability unit within companies in order to, to drive that knowledge across different functions? We've had conversations where some keep it very small because they want to embed the sustainability culture across the board. And of course, there's some very large sustainability teams that tend to look more of a, like a white pillar <laughs> separate as mm -hmm. opposed to integrated. Well, what do you think is the best strategy in terms of organizing that process? I think what really works well is to have champions in each department so that, you know, they come from their space and can ask the right questions and also um, translate those targets to their colleagues, right? So they can they can be ambassadors and champions. And um, that also helps to really embed it in the, into the entire organization. And then make it engaging, like make it fun. Don't, you know, if it's only like 
rigid training courses that somebody has to go through, it's not going to be embraced. Yeah, imagine there's a, a new certification course for someone that's probably developing every other week at the moment for sustainability. And you know, some of them, to be very honest with you, are not all that. I think a lot of uh, training institutes and companies have have identified that there's a need and they're, you know, jumping on the opportunity. But oftentimes, people inside the organization can actually work together and, and find solutions and, and, you know, apply their thinking to immediate solutions that are around them without having like a classical training course for it. And Ezzedine, I just wanted to bring you back on that topic as well. What is your kind of best way to effectively engage employability, or sorry, employees uh, with sustainability? Um, and then also, Nadia touched on it briefly as well, how you tailor sustainability education to match different roles or sustainability, uh, let's say, goals for each function. I, took, I totally agree with Nadia on, on one point, and, and I will touch, uh, touch base on it uh, and, and the framework I'm going to lay, lay down. So I believe uh, an organization needs to create three tracks working together to achieve a proper, uh, I call it contamination, a, a useful contamination for this new topic, which is sustainability. I'm a firm believer in governance. Governance is a structure which facilitates how decisions are, are, are tailored, made, and executed. So I would always start with the G. Um, top management support, committees, uh, policies and procedures, uh, facilitation, support, budget, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and aligning people to the same objectives, targets, and, and, and KPIs. So that's the, that's the G part, which is very important, because not having that, again, we will be having uh, less willingness from people to be engaged or to to enhance their education, uh, to change their mindset of, of way of thinking, and moreover, um, as Nadia said, greenwashing would be the the end result and not creating value. So that's that's, that's the G part. The other part would be definitely you need um, um, a, 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 a function which is mostly responsible for. The collaboration aspect, so for example, setting down the strategy, cascading it, communicating with top management, creating programs, uh, talking with the HR team uh, for uh, for uh, training need analysis, et cetera, et cetera, uh, reporting, communicating, integration with the corporate communication, and then the execution on the ground. So what, what we try to do in our organization is, is through making the topic a fun uh, fun. Fun through fun, for example, uh, a hackathon of ideas that within our industry we could benefit from uh, green ideas, um, uh, simulations where we bring in a, a certain topic with a game and a simulation, and we engage the team. And through that simulation, we send a message, we make people learn, we let them ask questions, we, uh, as Nadia said, find the relevance to their daily work as well. Moreover, we encourage people through our learning and development through tracks. But but I believe, as Nadia said, this would be the, the least effective uh, because, again, relying on a person to find the relevance will be very tricky. Uh, people will always find things that within their comfort zone, and, and you don't want to really have that. So I believe those three pillars would be a good foundation to uh, work on in the next in the first three years in the journey of, let's say, um, bringing in sustainability to the why of any organization. 
so developing metrics in order to track progress, essentially. How do you, where do you begin to start that process? Uh, is that something that is is necessary to, to measuring success of employee education for sustainability? I mean, yeah, we do have clear metrics for this because it's part of our people pillar. So um, employee well-being is within that and then learning and development is a big target for us. So um, one is obviously uh, the, the learning hours that uh, people have undergone. Um, we conduct surveys and feedback, obviously. Um, there are uh, other metrics that are set. Obviously, you have to measure, is it really effective? And 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 what you find is that the more engaging it is, the more people get out of it. And, and I think Ezzedine also uh, uh, reflected that. Um, I am just as much a clear fan of uh, governance. It all starts and ends there. And if we don't have a proper structure in place, this, this will lead us nowhere. Because ultimately what we want is to really achieve impact and real value to the organization and go beyond profit and make sure that employees understand that they all have a role to play and they actually can contribute and, and, and be a part of that. So um, having the right metrics in place is, is certainly very important. And just following up on that, uh, Ezzedine as well, you know, essentially it is though people, planet, profit, right? There needs to be a balance between all three. Um, how do you convey that message where you're still integrating the business aspect of functions and not separating the two elements of sustainability uh, and, of course, the, the profit-making side for employees, that it should be integrated one as whole? Well, that, that is that is a, a difficult aspect. I think most organizations are currently facing, which is basically uh, finding the balance between how you can incorporate sustainability. So, is it basically uh, an extreme makeover? Is it basically an integration? Is it basically augmenting uh, what you basically have? So, going back to your previous question, and I want to uh, uh, let's say correlate it to your 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 current question. So. Uh, there are metrics to see your progress in any facet in an organization, be it financial, be it operational, uh, be it quality, be it sustainability, right? However, as we earlier said that the why is changing, meaning how you are creating value, how what stories are you deriving from the business that you are delivering, right? Be it a service or a product. So you see an organization moving forward, right? Through the stories they are delivering, not necessarily through their uh, GRI reports or any other reports. We know that um, reporting is a very important uh, space for showcasing who you are, what you have done, right? However, uh, the story, uh, you need to, re to read between the lines the evolution of the stories, the interest, the reflection, the relevance. So these, these should be, uh, I mean, again, this is an evolving uh, science and practice, I would say. We, we, we're, it's a new domain. We, standards are still also emerging, and that's another topic to be discussed. However, uh, when we started, our story was, okay, uh, uh, for example, in terms of inclusion of diversity, we had this number of, of female in these positions. Then it became this number of females in senior positions. Then it became this number of uh, local uh, Emiratis females in this position. So you see, the story is the same. It's 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 women uh, inclusion. However, the value is changing year to year to year. 
So the more you can extend the value you can deliver from a sustainability aspect you believe in or you support, this means that internally your processes are all working in the direction that you have uh, basically, you're, you believe in the why that you, are, you have outspoken about. So this could be a very important indicator. Uh, I know it's a very qualitative at the moment because again, um, a tricky part about reporting, you can have an indicator and you can tell one or two or three or four stories out of it. So uh, it's, it's an evolutionary uh, thing. It will evolve with time. However, uh, th there will be, uh, let's say, indications about your maturity and what is going on in your organization. Uh, Nadia, I just wanted to pivot as well. We've been talking about internal collaboration uh, a lot during this, this session. What, where does external collaboration come into play? If we're talking about developing talent, educating employees, uh, industry academia engagement for developing talent for the future, developing programs, uh, in your aspect, how critical is external collaboration to this process? There's also a need for external collaboration, but what I've seen is that a lot of academia is a bit behind in terms of what needs to be taught. And uh, oftentimes, you're e it's faster to, to get this knowledge through courses, like short courses even, or, um, you know, just by acquiring the knowledge through um, other industry peers sometimes. I mean, we... We, uh, I participate in a lot of industry working groups um, where you can really learn from other industries and, and more advanced best practices that, that can be applied. And oftentimes they are much more practical than any academic course could give you. I think academia is great to give a baseline, to give a foundation, a foundational understanding. Um, but for example, to really understand climate change, um, it's so scientific, it's very complicated and, and difficult to really understand. So how can you make this palatable, right? And and there are different types of workshops that you can do where you can make it much more engaging and, and also faster learning. And I, I also would like to resonate with, as Dean said earlier, about the hackathons. We also run internal competitions where you get people to really come up with ideas that are concrete to the business that they can that they can then implement, really. And I think that has a lot of value. So more practical application than theoretical and the possibility for industry then to take the lead in engaging with academia. You just mentioned climate change, so scientific could be very complicated. Um, how do you ensure that you're speaking the right language across the company so people understand? Obviously, there's the engagement aspect, but where do you start to begin with that to make sure you don't lose interest? That's a tricky one, by the way, because when you're in the topic all the time, like I have a tendency to forget how much I know and how my 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 people that are opposite of me may not have that understanding and don't know the terminology, right? So you really have to try to gauge like where are they, how much understanding do they have, and sometimes just simply ask, you know, what, what do you know, and then you know where to start and 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 where to, and also sometimes they have fears you know that you may need to address sometimes people also feel like there's nothing they can do and that it's all so overwhelming and that we're doomed so i think we we have to engage in those conversations to understand where they are so that we can also um, address them the right way uh, Ezzedine, i just wanted to get your thoughts on those two questions as well the the external engagement piece and then as well trying to speak that language uh 
that can really engage with internal employees. Yeah, well, I do agree with Nadia. It's not an easy task and we need to think about it as a journey in the sense that um, there is a lot of education and awareness that needs to happen at the beginning. And then with time, relevance uh, starts emerging. So, uh, but to put this in perspective, you need to have, uh, you need to define certain expectations, right? So uh, you, you think of it as, as reverse engineering in the sense that uh, I want to achieve this milestone through a target, uh, so, uh, so a target, you set a target, and then you start working backward, right? What do I need to do? Who I need to, to speak with? Who do I need to engage? How do I push uh, this uh, objective forward, right? And you identify the stakeholders. It's, uh, it's, um, it, it involves a lot of collaboration, by the way. So the, the sustainability team, I think they spend a lot of their time, uh, as Nadia said, making sure that the people around us are still aware of the of the of the terminologies that we use and the relevance, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of uh, coffees, uh, tea, whatever you want to call it. And again, sticking to a target because within any target you set, uh, um, the bees have to work to um, let's say to take out the honey from from this initiative. So if you want to call it like this. Well, it seems like 20 minutes goes by pretty quickly, um, but I just wanted to, to do one final closing comments for each uh, of our guest speakers. Uh, Nadia, just overall, we have COP28 coming up. Uh, there's a lot of momentum in the region, the second you know back-to-back -back COP that we've had in the region for the Middle East. Um, what is the one thing that you're looking and watching out for? What are you hoping uh, will come out of COP28? So I think oftentimes we look at, or it sounds like COP is a destination. COP is not a destination. COP is a, a, a moment in time. It's a catalyst. And what I believe will happen is that having COP here in the region will actually be a driver for more action going forward. And I'm an optimist, so that's what I hope for. Um, so I think it will actually, um, you know, create a lot of awareness and get people to act and probably you know, create more talent opportunities, more learning opportunities, um, and and a lot more movement in this space. Ezzedin, I'd also like to point that question to you as well. COP28, uh, I understand it's a blip and a massive amount of work that needs to be done, but your overall comments and the outcomes yeah. that you're looking forward to. Thank you. So I, I do I do believe, and I totally agree with, uh, with Nadia, that again, COP28 is just a, uh, just a milestone and in, in, in a long journey. However, uh, I, I do have a specific message that I would like to spread to, to the young generation and uh, even the uh, uh, other generations that um, the personal development is, is, is far more important right now in uh, absorbing what is going on uh, around us, sustainability being one of them. Again, it's not just the responsibility of a learning and development department in any HR uh, function or department. It's your personal de uh, development. And then once you equip yourself uh, with this tool, you uh, I, I encourage people to collaborate, to come out of their uh, silos or boxes, whatever you want to call it, and ask the question of relevance. What is it? Why is it important? What is it relevant to me? And then we can create this movement of, you know, 
brainstorming, design thinking, and then new ideas will come out, and then it will open the door again for even uh, the educational institutions to bring in specific programs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I would say personal development, it starts with you. You are responsible right now. Uh, green talent is not uh, undermined as it used to be. It is uh, it is very important and it is a very important uh, skill and tool in your career path, either your young generation or existing generation. So everyone should jump in uh, and everyone has the power and the authority to make progress in that space. Um, but I just wanted to wrap up there. Uh, again, thank you very much, Nadia and Ezzedine, our, our special guest speakers for today. Uh, for those listening and watching, please feel free to follow them both on social media for even deeper insights and, of course, tracking their journey within their own organizations. Uh, and, of course, follow us at Gulf Intelligence, where we'll be publishing this podcast and the content harvested from it. But thank you very much again, Nadia. Thank you very much again, Ezzedine. We appreciate your time. We look forward to having you back on the show again in the future.